Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is High Voltage. Hey everybody, welcome to the Game 1 recap of the semifinal series between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. What a Game 1. Tal, was it what you expected? No, it was by far not what I expected. Yeah, me neither. And both of us put some money on that game, and we lost out big time, so it was a double whammy for us. That was not what we expected to happen at all. Nope, not even close. I was expecting to walk away with some money. We didn't, sadly. Yeah, I was expecting to walk away with the win. But I don't think that I should have. I think I mentioned in the last pod even that the Lightning struggle at home in the last like 18 playoff series where we've had home ice advantage, we have only won six of the game ones. Now, we have won... 13 of those 18 series so I don't think anyone needs to panic yet like we said last time this is going to be a long series it's going to be a hard-fought series and we need to give the Islanders credit where credit is due because they did outplay us on Sunday but we don't need to panic and we don't need to be dejected because the boys have a lot more in them and I know that they are going to come out fighting for game two so we're going to put game one to bed and move on and not wallow in our misery And I need to take my own advice because I still sound really dejected. And I am because I'm not used to losing. I don't think any Tampa Bay Lightning fan really is if you've been following this team for the past five years. Besides 2019, we don't talk about that. Um, But yeah, so let's jump into the game recap. The first period was pretty exciting. It started off with a bang. We had some stuff kind of carry over from the Eastern Conference Finals last year with a scrap right off the bat. Eight seconds in, we get matching minors to Barclay, Goodrow, and Martin. So we start with some four-on-four play. We have a tripping call to Ryan McDonough after Sorelli kind of wiped out on the ice, which created a turnover. And Ryan had to save a goal and ends up getting called for tripping. The lightning power play went to work. They did a great job. They killed it off really effectively. No shots from the Islanders and actually two great shorthanded chances for Tampa. That was pretty encouraging. Things were getting a little rough. Kalorn got taken down at one end by Barzell and came back and took Barzell out in the neutral zone. You could kind of tell the temperature was rising. But the turnovers kept continuing for the Lightning as they would all game. Vazzy had to come up big after some particularly bad turnovers that led to three-on-one chances. And then we have Goodrow taking a second penalty for roughing after the whistle on Kyle Palmieri. The Isles came back onto the power play at this point, and this was when they really got comfortable. Even though the penalty kill unit came through, the Islanders got four shots during that two minutes, and you could kind of tell that that was where they really became comfortable and hit their stride. We ended the period 0-0, but the Isles led shots 14-11 to after, at one point, the shots were 7-1 to lightning before that penalty call on Goodrow. That kind of got the Isles going. And the Isles were dominating the faceoff circle, which, Tal, you can toot your horn and say, I was wrong, because you're right, faceoffs do matter. They certainly mattered in this game. It felt like the Isles were just absolutely 
killing every single face off and getting possession, which was huge. We go into the second period now, and the turnovers kind of continue. But Vazzy continues to come up big. And David Savard actually showed some real promise. He was jumping up on plays, making offensive moves and shooting, which is really encouraging. He hasn't really shown that much since becoming a part of the system. So I think that was really a sign of good things to come, and I really loved seeing that from him. And then finally, the Isles were able to cash in on a bad turnover, this time from Steven Stamkos. And it leads to a goal by Matthew Barzell, my least favorite player on the Islanders. I hate them all, but I hate Barzell the most. He gets Vazzy through the five hole after that turnover. And I think Stamkos knew it was bad. You could see he felt really dejected. And after that, Chernak took a tripping penalty to give the Isles their third power play of the game. Penalty kill killed it off, but still it was just... You know, we were down three power plays to none at that point. And I know the Islanders are considered the New York Saints by Bruce Cassidy, but still, when you have a power play that's as effective as Tampa, you want to make sure you force them to make penalties so you can get your opportunities. And that just wasn't happening until the end of the second period when Palmieri took a penalty, which seemed like kind of a soft call. It was 37 seconds left in the period. I think Kelly Sutherland was maybe making a makeup call there, but. You know, who am I to judge? And so the Lightning started the third on a shortened power play. They really did not make much of the opportunity. I was hoping the boys came out of the locker room with some fire with a minute 23 on the power play, but they really didn't. There was there was no fire at all, if I'm being honest. No pressure, no shots on net, just kind of a wasted minute 23 seconds. It was still a close game at that point. Um, you know, the Lightning really hadn't had many grade-A chances except for a few. But the Islanders were just playing their system really well. I think the positives going into the third period was that the penalty kill was good and the negatives were the terrible turnovers and and the penalties that we were taking and, of course, being down 1-0. So after the failed power play to start the third, Vazzy let in a really soft goal from Pollock. And all of a sudden, it's it's 2-0 Islanders. And that pretty much was it. The Lightning showed very little signs of life until maybe the last three minutes of the game. They pulled Vazzy and then got a power play after Brock Nelson was penalized for a high stick on Cooch. It looked more like a cross-check to the head and neck area to me. But whatever. It gets us to a 6-on-4 situation, and Braden Point gets the power play goal to make it 2-1 to one with about 53 seconds left. Gave us a little bit of hope there, but the Lightning couldn't cash in. And the Isles take game one, 2-1. to one. Tal, what did you think of that game and the performance from both the Lightning and the Islanders? Well, I feel like both teams came out with um, some edge on their possessions. Tampa Bay was looking like they were going to play very well, like they were going to keep their composure. New York came out like a team that was fired up, wanted to get the game one win on the road. Obviously, it's really important to do. Looking back on it, the Islanders just got really lucky. The Stamkos, uh, I had to rewatch the game, but Stamkos, 
I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he saw, um, I think it was Cervelli at that time coming across the middle, but um, he just did not make the right decision, and it led to, I believe, a line change was happening for Tampa also at that time. Yeah, it was. It was just a complete misfire on a bad line change as well. It was like a combination of the worst possible case scenario. So I didn't quite understand why Stamkos didn't just put the puck down. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. (laughs) He should have dumped the puck there. He had two chances to do it. That was also what was frustrating. He had two chances. Yeah, I think Barzell put in a nice shot. It went right into the five-hole of Vazzy. Vazzy could have saved it. I think he should have saved it. But those are tough when you've got a breakout coming straight at you and you got a man coming rolling down his skates right at you. Then I looked back at the pull-out goal in the third. It didn't It didn't look soft at first when I first saw it. But then I looked back and saw Vazzy actually had a pretty good chance at blocking the shot. Yeah, there was, there was no screen. There was no deflection. That's a shot Vazzy saves 99.999% of the time. It was just very uncharacteristic of him to let that one in. Yeah, looking at it, it actually went off his side hip and kind of looked like it was actually going to miss the goal, but it snuck in the left-hand bar. All right, my my, my apologies then to Vazzy. I, I guess I shouldn't be so critical of the best goaltender in the world. I just felt like he could have saved that. Oh. Was my opinion. Oh, no, I definitely 100% believe he could have saved it. I was saying that it went off of actual Vazzy. It hit his, like, left side underneath his glove, and it just went into the left side of the goal. I think I think what threw him off was there was no coverage in front of the goal. It was a couple sticks that were in the way as the shot went through, but I think they were more Tampa than actual New York, and it just trickled in, and it looked like a save that he should have had. The high-sticking call, I kind of agree with you. It looked like more of a cross-check to me. It felt like it was not even a high stick. I get why they did call a high stick. It looked like he moved the stick up higher as the penalty happened. Then Braden Point put one in the back of the net on a 6-4 advantage, doing what he's always been doing in the playoffs, scoring, scoring goals. But the playoff series, to me, this game one felt like a flip of the Carolina series where New York, where Tampa came out playing undisciplined, kind of like Carolina was getting some bad penalties, giving bad takeaways. You guys, or giveaways, you guys gave up seven takeaways to New York's one. That's not very good. It just seemed like y'all were very undisciplined when it came to trying to, I guess, keep possession of the puck and some bad penalties, even though the penalties turned out to be you know, two to three favor of New York, and they went 0 for 3 on their power play. It just felt like New York capitalized when Tampa made the wrong mistakes, whereas back in the Carolina series, we didn't capitalize when Tampa made those mistakes. And they were able to score on the 5 on 5. And it, and it kind of felt like Tampa just couldn't score on 5 on 5. You guys finally got that, that put away goal by Braden Point, and I felt like you guys might have could have tied it at the end. Face-offs, again, I will I will tell Shelby this every day of the week. Face-offs mean 
a lot, and you guys got beat by 10 face-offs. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm having to eat my words. I know. Gosh. And it just, it just felt like, looking back at the stats, 13 block shots to New York and 8 for Tampa. It just, it just feels like it's a shift. It felt like New York played very well. They played disciplined. They just played overall a better game of hockey. I just feel like the Lightning beat themselves on that one. I obviously think the Islanders deserve some credit, but it really feels like the Lightning beat themselves. I mean, the turnovers were unreal. Sergachev had, what, three? Just himself? Yeah. The Islanders cashed in on the one from Samco's. Vazzy lets one in on a save. He makes, you know, 99% of the time. And then the only signs of life Tampa really showed was at the end on the power play with a two-man advantage. It was just not a good performance overall for the Lightning, who now trail for the first time in the playoffs. And it was just kind of sickening. Like, we needed to have a strong start because we know playing in the Coliseum in New York is going to be so difficult. And it's tough to know that best-case scenario, we have a 1-1 split going to New York for the next two games. I just am really hoping that we do what we do, which is respond after a loss and Vazzy shows up big time on Tuesday and the boys figure out the offense. And of course that we squash out the turnovers just overall though, for me, not a great game, not one that was fun to watch obviously as a Tampa fan. And the only positive I can take away from that game is that knowing all of that and knowing the lightning played like zombies in one of their shittiest games of the year, they still only lost by one. So there's no need to panic or get negative. It's going to be a long series, and I'm excited for Game 2 to even things up and show what this team is capable of. So John Cooper in his postgame said, quote, Our work ethic was there. Our compete level was there. Our minds weren't there. He said, Some of our decisions were poor. That's what happens when you get this deep into the playoffs. You have to have everything working in unison, and we just weren't there tonight. I think that's pretty accurate. This team knows what they have to do. They know what their mistakes are. They will correct them. They will adjust. I expect a much better performance for Game 2, which is Tuesday at 8 p.m. on the USA Network. So we can all look forward to that. Playoff semifinal hockey being shown on the USA Network. You gotta love it. So with that being said, let's look forward to Game 2. Tal, what are you looking for? What are your keys to the game for both Tampa and New York for game two? Keys to the game for, I'll start with uh, New York for me. Continue to do what you've been doing. Hound hound the lightning. I think that's what Florida did in their series. Just hound them, put pressure on them, make them make the right key passes, make them make the right key plays. Hound Vazzy, put put stuff in front of Vazzy. Vazzy's a very technical, good goaltender. He stops everything, even with even with people in front of him. He's a very great goaltender. But to be able to take a 2-0 lead in here, you just have to stay disciplined. Do, do kind of what Carolina didn't do. Just stay disciplined. Continue to fight the battles that you need to fight. Take the shots that you need to take. Win face-offs. Um, continue to put those pressures on Tampa Bay to win faceoffs in the defensive zone, because winning 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 faceoffs in the offensive zone really helps out a squad get shots on a goaltender that is very good. And lastly, Verlamov just keep blocking shots, keep stopping Tampa because they're going to come out in game two and they're just going to pound you and put the pressure on. 
And once you give up one goal, don't let that affect you to give up three or four or five or six, kind of like what our goaltender did. Just kind of keep focused, stay, stay, stay focused, and you'll win the game. For Tampa, come out, play more disciplined hockey. Try to take away the giveaways. Try to clean up some of the turnovers. Try to make crisper passes. Realize when the right opportunity to push the puck down the, the down the ice is, and just make sure that you're disciplined. You're not giving up turnovers. You're taking the right shots. You're putting more pressure on New York. I felt like y'all didn't put enough pressure on New York. Even though yes, you took thirty shots, it still didn't feel like there was enough pressure chances for Tampa to really put the pressure on Verlamov to have to step out and maybe block a rebound or to have to it kind of felt like he was just sitting back doing what Vazzy did and just kind of just sitting back and able to just block everything and shoot everything and do everything that Vazzy likes to do yeah I think you hit it right on the head with the keys for the game for both teams Definitely for the Lightning, minimizing turnovers, obviously. And I think just sticking to our game, playing our game. We didn't really get to play our game, I felt like, in game one. Obviously, because we were just giving away the puck so much and and not connecting on our passes and things like that. I think another positive is that Varlamov didn't shut us out. I think that would have really given him a full head of steam going into game two. So I'm obviously very grateful Braden Point did score that goal at the end. Even though it was too little too late, I think it still will make an impact in the series on showing Varlamov he's not a brick wall. And we can't score on him. We've we've done it before. We did it last year. We will do it again. But yeah, I think if Tampa just sticks to their game and forces New York to have to take penalties because we're outplaying them, we will have a much better result on Tuesday. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to kind of shake this loss off and keep fighting in this series so it should be exciting now news around the league we've gotten a little bit smaller there are now only four teams left because tal and i were both wrong in our predictions on the last pod and the avs could not force a game seven vegas won commandingly after kind of some back and forth goals in the game six and now we have the vegas golden knights versus the Montreal Canadiens in the other semifinal series. That series begins tonight. Tal, do you want to kind of preview that for us and give some predictions? Well, coming into it, it is a very interesting series. I don't think anybody expected Montreal to come from the north in Canada and, and win that series. Absolutely not. A complete miracle on ice type story. Well, we also have to thank the Winnipeg Jets for that one for eliminating the Oilers because I think if the Oilers got past them, we might have a different person or team here. Montreal coming into the series um, owns a five to one edge overall on Vegas in their last six games. In the six meetings they have faced each other, last coming with a five four shootout win in January of last year. Montreal is three and zero at home versus Vegas in their franchise history. They are also seven and zero when scoring seven and one when scoring first, and Vegas is five and four when giving up the first goal. So I would say tonight, just previewing really quickly, if Montreal comes out and strikes first, Vegas is in trouble. They will try to put more pressure on Montreal, but if Carey Price is playing, basically like Verlamov and Vazzy have been playing this entire postseason, it could be an all night for Vegas. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a good series. I'm really rooting for Montreal, to be honest. I've said it before on here. I really don't like Vegas that much. Their Twitter account is super annoying. I also don't like that they're not exposed to the expansion draft coming up next month because clearly they have had a massive amount of success in their first three years. I don't really understand why they're not exposed, but that's fine. I also just love rooting for the underdog, and Montreal is definitely the underdog in this series. I'm hoping that they continue this run and squash Vegas. It's going to be hard to do, but hopefully it'll be entertaining. I mean, you have Carey Price versus Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, it's like the oldest goaltenders on the ice, and it's just going to be fun. Like, I really hope it's a fun series. I hope Montreal wins, but I think it's going to be really fun to watch, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I even think Montreal might take game one tonight. The The betting line for this game has shifted. Yeah. Over the last couple of hours. Yeah, Tal, we got to um, Montreal is. We got to figure out <laughs> how to make better bets. We've, like, been losing out on our bets all season long. We got to come up with some more <laughs> analytical approach to this because we're, like, going off of our guts and our emotions and we're not winning shit. Well, I don't think yesterday we went off our guts. I think we just tried to get our feet wet a little bit, and I, I took a risk with obviously Kucherov to score the first goal of the game and it didn't work out yeah but tonight uh, I think I think Montreal um, takes game one um, I'm gonna go with the underdog I don't really care for Vegas they've been here three out of four years they've been in the franchise they've made the conference finals three out of four years well this year being the semifinal game which technically was still count as a conference finals because they win the championship trophy for the conference winning the conference anyway yeah the nhl did announce after we had recorded the pod that they would be giving out the prince of wales trophy and the uh campbell cup when they said they weren't going to so that was kind of a shift which is interesting I'm going to take Montreal too. I Hopefully we're not cursing people on this podcast because it feels like our last couple predictions we've been swinging and missing. So I'm sorry, Montreal, if we are the death nail for you, but we really are rooting for you and want you to win. Well, if they do lose, we can tell you this much. They are 50 minutes away from setting a franchise record for not trailing in a game or not trailing in a series, I believe, in franchise history they are up to 437 minutes of not trailing in a i believe a game if i read it correctly earlier they wow. they have yeah that's a great stat to have they are um actually it's right here montreal coming off a four games with winnipeg hasn't trailed in the span of 437 minutes and 53 seconds the nhl's second longest playoff run and 50 minutes and 45 seconds short of the record Montreal set in 1960. Wow. That would be some destiny because hasn't Montreal not won the cup since the yes, 60s? Yes, they have not won. They haven't won a cup since. They have not won. A Canadian team has not won since Montreal in 1993. Oh, so Montreal did yeah. win in 1993. That's their final playoff representative. Okay. We got <laughs> to like, make the cup. Yeah, we got to brush up on our hockey history. We're a little rusty. Sorry, everybody. We really only care about the teams we love, but we'll try to be a little broader going forward. So anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it for our Game 1 Recap Podcast. We'll, we're going to be really looking forward to tomorrow night. Obviously going to enjoy the Vegas-Montreal game tonight, but hopefully the Lightning come out and play tomorrow like the team we know and love. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter for more fun at TB High Voltage. And as always, go Bolts!